Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. All right, welcome to Off the Record. I am Gav McGough, your host, and uh, we are indeed. Um, if today, if, you, if there's any doubt in your mind, I think the weather today uh, has proven that winter is here. So the, with the ski area unopened for a few more weeks, uh, we are going to talk about all the winter sports that are getting underway that are not downhill skiing. And I am joined in studio by quite a few guests. Uh, I'll give them a little intro in a moment. Um, but you too are invited to call in if you want to share a favorite pastime um, or suggest a great sledding hill. You can reach us at 970-728-4333. And actually, the phone line is already flashing. So before we even get to our in-studio guests, let's see who is uh, on the other end. Hello, you're on Coda. Hi, Gavin. This is Rick Simonson. Oh, wonderful. All right, I'll start. We, you just caught us at the top of the hour, so I'll start uh, with an introduction. Um, Rick Simonson is joining us remotely, and I guess I'll have to... My first question will be where you are, um, but he's a longtime runner in town. And, Rick, if you'll sit tight on the line for a minute, uh, I'll just introduce our other guests here in studio. Um, will do. I have J.D. Wise. Is that, is that the right pronunciation? Um, he is the director of the Telluride Curling Club. And uh, one of the team leads in the curling league of the Sweeping Beauties. Patty Arndt is also in studio. Patty, do you want to give the listeners a shout out? Here, sorry, try that one more time. Hi, everyone. Good curling. There we go. That's Patty. And uh, joining us also is Neani Sheva. Yes. Hi. Did I say that all right? Yes. Neani right. Sheva. Neani Sheva. She is the first and the new executive director of Telluride Nordic. Um, and we also have joining us, who just walked in, Grayson Fertig. Welcome. He's the director of Lizardhead Youth Hockey. Um, yeah. Say hello. Hi, say hello. Um, all right, Rick, where are you calling in from on this, uh, on this cold winter evening? I'm calling in from a warmer winter evening in San Francisco, getting ready to go for a run with some friends on the Embarcadero. Very nice. So we're here talking about winter sports. I hear you uh, have been a longtime runner in Telluride. Um, do you want to tell us a little about that, how long you've been here? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've been running around the area for a long time. We've we've had a cabin out on Specie Mesa for 20-plus years, and uh, um, the the thing that's been fun is the last three or four years, I think Telluride's they're really become a bit more of a running town. It, it sounds funny to say that. I never thought it was before that. There's so many awesome athletes everywhere around, but uh, people are always doing crazy, gnarly stuff like mountaineering, skiing, and rock climbing, and... Uh, 
uh, mountain bike riding and running kind of took a second uh, seat, but we got we got a little momentum going now. Very cool. And uh, how does um, running change with the seasons? <laughs> well, mostly most people stop running in the winter, winter that I run with, but uh, a couple of years ago, some folks put together a, a night runs on Thursday and started, and it was kind of going from Stronghouse and turned into a group called The Squad. And I'm hoping this winter uh, we can continue doing some runs, and uh, I, I take trips outside of the Box Canyon, you know, to where you can you can run a little bit more, whether it's over towards Moab or up towards Grand Junction and, and that to keep the running going over the winter. But uh, we, we've got a little bit of uh, budding winter running going. Very cool. So one of the secrets to winter running is finding uh, a bit of summer air, I guess. Um, and uh, what can you tell us about the race in San Francisco tonight you're about to go do? Uh, not a race, just a fun run, just along the Embarcadero, one of the great running spots uh, in the country, but uh, just out on a little uh, business trip. All right. Um, very exciting. Are there any other uh, winter sports you participate in? Uh, a little bit of skiing, but I can't keep up with all the great Telluride uh, skiers uh, by any means. And uh, so uh, running, uh, I'm trying to recruit people to uh, do a little bit more running with me. We get uh, roads and trails in the winter, you know, if you pick your spots. So uh, um, that's, uh, that's those are my main two things, a little bit of skiing on piste and uh, trying to keep the running momentum going. Um, all right. Thanks, Rick, for joining us. Um, you're welcome to stay on for a little bit, but... Uh, I'll uh, turn back to my other guests here in studio and um, let you get on to a beautiful evening in San Francisco. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for calling in. All right. Um, is everybody... Uh, I will transition into... Um, a little music while we settle in to the studio and uh, we'll be back in just a moment to talk about some sports that happen on ice. Um, so maybe appropriate is a little Vince Guaraldi trio. This is skating. All right, we'll be back in just a moment.
All right, we are back. And, uh, you know, so Rick was off for an evening run, it looks like, so he couldn't join us for the whole entirety of the evening. Um, and that go- that's uh, the actually true for some of our other guests here um, who have to run out and, uh, I believe, coach. Is that right, Grayson? That's right. I had to back to the rink here shortly. I had the little kids on the ice already, <laughs> and now the slightly bigger kids are on the ice. Cool. So what can you tell us about Lizardhead Hockey and uh, this happening down in Town Park? Uh, hockey is happening is what I always say. Um, there's about 200 kids, ages 3 to 18, guys and girls. Um, it's a really dynamic program, a lot of, a lot of energy. It's worth coming down on any, any you know, regular old Monday through Friday. The games are fun on the weekend, but the practice is fun. It's a, like when I sit back and I look at it, really, you have this classic community center uh, thing happening around an ice rink. Um, many different ages on any given night, all sorts of um, different energies that come, you know, with the six U, six and under kids, so that's three, four, five, six-year-old kindergartners, et cetera. Um, you know, and then you have a high school practice right before that, and the high school kids stick around and they help out the, the younger kids, and you have goalie practices where, you know, it's like this um, kind of group of kids teaching each other working with each other you've got all these great coaches that we have 40 to 50 uh volunteer and a few paid coaches it's just a lot of different energy and on any given night when all that goes well um it always goes well when it all when it all goes really well you're like this is it's got a symphonic component to it um and it's really fun to see and it's really fun to help co-create that with everybody else for this community Cool. How did you get into hockey? <laughs> From the uh, 41 years ago, um, my parents just brought me to a pond. It's called Kirk's Pond. is by our house, and my dad was into it. He was into it from a really like grassroots kind of place, and that's where I got into it. Pond hockey, and have stuck with that. I mean, I still love. We know when the pond hockey ha- it starts happening here around December, uh, late December. I really love that, uh, maybe the most, but. Um, yeah, that's a different sort of uh, sport, really, it's a than totally indoor. totally different activity, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got into it just through one thing or another and have always been drawn to it, and now I have a chance to, like, light the fire for other people. Cool. What do you think draws kids uh, towards hockey? Is it, you know, parents having loved it is in their own childhood, or is it kind of like a team orientation, that kind of thing? It's- so in like in areas where you have like first, second, third, fourth generation families bringing their kids to the rink, I played hockey, so you're going to play hockey kind of thing. You kind of just assume that it's like this sport that's a family sport. Telluride is a lot of first generation hmm. hockey families. Um, mom and dad moved here because they were ski bums or for whatever different reasons, and all of a sudden they heard about this hockey thing, and they're like, "Well, I thought we were skiers, but I guess we're playing hockey now." Or you know, it just wasn't on the radar. A lot of people moving here from the south. Um, hockey hasn't, you know, generationally speaking, wasn't a big thing 20, 25 years ago. That's changed. But um, I think what's exciting for kids is they put the equipment on and they go out there on the rink and they have this very different experience than anywhere else in their everyday life. 
um, and they're in this game. It's as close to three-dimensional chess as you can get. Um, it's fast. It's creative. Um, the puck keeps moving all the time. It's very different than other sports because possession is not a given. Like in a lacrosse game, the, the ball is in your stick. The basketball, the you really have a, this opportunity for possession. In hockey, the possession is always up for competition. Like it, it really, it's a huge variable. So there's this change of directions, change of pace that you're kind of constantly trying to keep up with. So for a lot of kids, it's like this cat chasing the laser pointer kind of thing um, that's fascinating. And then once you start to like mathematically take in all the variables and run all these equations in your head, what if I do this? What if I do this? What if he does this? And then I do this and then she does that. Um, and it's just this endless kind of stream of consciousness out on the ice while you're moving in this very flow driven state. And I think that all of those factors combined, it's almost like you can't describe why you like it, but you like it and you keep going back. I think I have to ask the same thing of the curlers, uh, which is how, however, did you get into it? Are you a second, third, fourth generation curler? Um, or did you come to it uh, in town? Well, first generation curler, um, my wife Megan and I first got into curling during the 2010 Olympics. So I think, you know, that's <laughs> a lot of um, folks' first opportunity. They to, do play a lot of curling. They, you know, it's, it's on TV <laughs> a lot. It's, it's kind of a novelty of what's going on out there and what's happening. And, um, you know, we were living in the, the curling mecca of Scottsdale, Arizona at the time. Um, but sure enough, found our way to the Coyotes Curling Club, <laughs> who had learned to curl clinics happening. And um, so we got out on the ice and, and uh, really fell in love with it right away. You know, curling's a sport that you can, um, you can learn the basics really quickly. So you can, within a couple hours, you can kind of learn the, the basic fundamentals and be out there sliding a stone and get the brooms going and, um, and have a lot of fun. And, uh, and then it also leaves a lot of room, uh, to progress and there's always, um, there's always another level you can take it to. So, uh, it's got that kind of, um, it's easy to catch that bug, you know, similar to golf, maybe in the same way where if you hit that good shot, it keeps you coming back. If you make that, mm. if you make that good curling shot, it kind of, it, it keeps you coming back. But, um, yeah, we were fortunate to, uh, to get in with a, a good group of people and, uh, believe it or not, there were quite a few um canadian snowbirds down in the scottsdale phoenix area and so we were fortunate to learn from a lot of really experienced curlers um and ultimately that led to uh us getting the club established here in 2015. Hmm. so you brought you kind of brought curling with you we did yeah we um like i said we had caught the bug and we uh had also had the opportunity to curl with the club in colorado springs as we were there for a bit and when we moved to town um, in 2013, we just felt like, man, wouldn't it be great if we could get curling going in, in town? And we just felt like it would be a good a good fit. You know, the um, obviously all the rec sports are really well participated in, and and uh, we felt like curling would would just kind of be a natural fit in town. And um, yeah, there are a lot of sports leagues in this town. There are, and they're all, you know, like all I'm always round, yeah. impressed at how well participated all of the, the leagues are. And, um, you know, certainly you have your, uh, people have their preferences and they may play one and not others, but, you know, there's also so many people that just take advantage of all those opportunities in town. And, um, you know, we're just really excited that curling has kind of 
become an established part of that, you know, established um, recreational opportunity for, for all of us that are here. How'd you get involved, Patty? Um, we, my family and I actually moved here in 2015 when the curling club was getting started. Serendipity. And, yes. And somebody approached my husband and asked if he wanted to join their team. And he said, I don't think so, but you know who would want to join is my <laughs> wife. And um, luckily, so they asked me and I joined the team. And then in 2016, I formed my own team um, of all women instead and one other male actually at the time but kind of like what JD said it can get a little bit addictive you know you get that one good shot and it keeps you coming back for more <laughs> it's also one of those things I always say you know it, it's easy to learn it's hard to master so you can have fun pretty quickly as you get on the ice you know within 10-15 minutes you're sliding around you're throwing stones you kind of get the basics of the game and you have a really good time but you realize how nuanced the game can be and the, the better you get, the more interesting the game becomes. So, you know, it starts out really functional of trying to get on the ice and not falling and throwing the stone somewhere close to where you needs to be. And eventually when you can start controlling the stone a little bit more, you get into a lot more strategy and it takes on a whole different level. Cool. You know, one other just thing to add is that I think a big draw to curling as well is that it is a social sport you know it it brings together a really interesting cross-section and I would say this is true here in Telluride as well as other curling clubs that I've been a part of but on any given night we have a really interesting cross-section of our community you know people that probably wouldn't be um, crossing paths or, or hanging out um, in in other situations and it kind of brings everybody together and um, you know that's a really big across the board if you travel to curling clubs elsewhere um, that holds true as well. It just it brings people together, and you know, one of the rules is that if that winners buy drinks for the losers. So, mm. I mean, there's that worked in as well. Yeah. Everybody um, loves that rule. Everybody loves that rule, <laughs> um, which just lends a you it know. It just means if you're the, the loser, you're still a winner. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, I would agree with JD. There are so many people in town that. I wouldn't know or wouldn't know of if it hadn't been for the curling club. And you'll hear it, especially in the winter while the, when the ice is on and people are walking around town. Um, instead of saying, hi, how's it going? You'll just hear people scream out, good curling. Like every time I'm in the grocery store, I think I'll be going down the aisle and I'll hear, good curling, good curling. You know, you're getting a coffee, good curling. It's just, it's sort of become our like, what's up? <laughs> Do people have a, tend to have assigned roles, like throwing versus brushing, or uh, is it kind of switch it up? Yeah, so a curling team consists of four people, and so throughout an end, which you're basically throwing all the stones from one end of the sheet down to the other, um, each person will throw two stones. So hmm. you kind of rotate through, so everyone's getting an opportunity to um, deliver a stone, deliver a few stones, and then when you are um, not throwing your stones, then you're sweeping for your teammates. And then there's one person at the other end of the ice from your team sort of helping to direct play and come up with some of the strategy, and, and that person's the skip. But they also throw the stones and have a chance to sweep a little bit too. Do they take good care of the ice, Grayson? <laughs> Do the curlers take good yeah. care of it? <laughs> I would say, uh, or do you having, come in on Tuesday and it's all? No, no. I would say having the curling, the curling component in the rink, makes 
ice uh, clarity a priority, um, and it it kind of makes the whole like the whole ice game go up. And I think actually, shout out to like the Zamboni crew and the and the rink staff. Agreed. Every year Absolutely. it's just getting better and better, and like this year I was just like it's off the charts in terms of like, and it's a lot of meticulous care stacked up day over day, session after session, um, and a lot of attention to detail, but you really notice that um, how the puck's bouncing, how the ice feels, how much if it's breaking or not breaking. Um, you know, some people don't notice that. I notice it, and I notice when. It's like you got to give a shout out to the Zamboni crew because they're putting a lot of interest and attention into it. Just the same way these guys are and the same way the hockey community is. Um, so it, it's a third it's a third sport driving the Zamboni. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they pack a lot of people into the... I mean, there are a lot of people who use the Town Park facility because there's an adult hockey league too, is that right? The adult, I mean, I can speak to that a little bit. Um, I'm not in charge of it, so I, I don't want to take credit for it. That's Kurt Friedrich <laughs> and the... Uh, PNR staff, but um, the adult hockey is. I mean, I've played a lot of adult hockey around the world and around the U.S. And I think this is one of my favorite places to play. And it's like a lot of people talk about their favorite place to ski or surf or whatever. I mean, it's all good, but um, tell you right, is unique because it's the cross section. It's the seeing your neighbors that you don't always catch up with. It's the quiet headspace with people that you don't need to be like chitter chattering about everything just an hour and a half with some amigos and amigas and like it's it's pretty good um and i'd say it's better than any other place i've played cool and Nayani, your sport actually occurs outdoors <laughs> yes but actually we share the town park pavilion facility where the hockey rink and ice rink are okay so if anybody is antsy <laughs> to recreate and the skier is not open just go to town park yeah just go to like. town park exactly. yeah. yeah but the telluride nordic center operates out of that same facility and i think that's important to mention because we recently moved back there and the telluride nordic center is just this absolutely incredible resource for the community they do so much there they open monday november 21st and we rent we actually rent ice skates grayson so if folks want to hop on the ice um that's something that we offer in addition to cross-country skis skate skis snowshoes sleds (laughs) you're talking about your favorite sledding hill and um yeah so we share that common thread through all of our disciplines cool and where um, where are the majority of your trails? So there are about seven Nordic ski trailheads in the Telluride region. The Telluride Nordic Association maintains three of those trailheads, which are Priest Lake, Trout Lake, and the Down Valley River Trail, which is only mm. for classic um, cross-country skiing. Mm. So it's a really collaborative effort with the town of Telluride, town park, town of Mountain Village, as well as our operations to maintain the grooming for all of these trail networks. And it's really a sweet, sweet, beautiful thing that we have here. First of all, you're outside. It's gorgeous. Um, it's something that has a lower barrier to entry than other sports in our area. You know, all of the trails that the Nordic Association uh, maintains are, um, there's no fee to use the trails. We uh, suggest an, a donation or an annual membership, which goes directly into our operations and grooming. But if that's not possible, you can, you know, rent some skis and head out and no one's going to ask you for a ticket or a pass or anything like that. 
Cool. And um, we were talking about Zambonian, but who yeah. who is the groomer? So we, how does that work? Yeah. And how ha- much snow do you need before you can start it up? So, you know, we are starting some of our preseason rolling efforts up at Trout Lake. Trout Lake gets the most snow, and mm. we have an amazing team of paid professional groomers who have a ton of experience as well as our volunteer board members. So we definitely need to thank um, Craig Steen, Eric Charmer, Bill DeAlva, uh, Peter Rowland, Rich Hamilton, Hill Hastings. They put in a ton of effort early season to get things ready and then they maintain the trails throughout the winter. So uh, we don't start grooming officially until the hunting season has ended and the Forest Service kind of can transition to the next phase. So early December is when the grooming efforts really ramp up at Trout Lake and Priest Lake. Cool. Yeah. And how did you get into your sport? So I was kind of a classic child who was put on skis before I could walk. I come from back east. So in the Adirondacks, my dad put me on cross-country skis and I did not like it. I thought it was kind of boring and I was cold. It's very cold in the Adirondacks in Vermont where I grew up. Um, So it's been really a pleasure to return to sport. After I moved to Telluride 12 years ago, I got skate skis and realized how fun it was, and I went back and definitely thanked my father for all the efforts he put in to put me on skis, despite my my best interest to forget my poles at home or whatever I used to do. <laughs> the Nordic Association, I'd love to give a shout out also, has been a big supporter of the TSSC Nordic team. Yes. And so now there's a youth Nordic team that runs an amazing program headed by Wayne Clark. Yes. Um, and it has a lot of the members of the Nordic Association as coaches, and they've just done a great job growing the program and making it fun and just getting, you know, kids out there and learning mm-hmm. how to skate ski and classic ski. And it's just a nice thing for kids to have after school that's outside um, if they're not playing hockey. And then, you know, the mountain closes at four o'clock on most days. And so it's an amazing program. And I have to say yeah. the Nordic Association has been a huge um proponent of that whole program. Yeah, thank you so much for mentioning that. So I did get to coach with the Junior Nordic program last year under Wayne, and um, we're actually, the program is full this year. There are 50 young athletes in the Junior Nordic program under the Telluride Ski and Snowboard Club, which is so amazing, and they're out there five days a week, and it was really uh, inspiring and um, really fun just to see kids out on Nordic skis. It's really cool. So there's definitely this kind of groundswell effort to bring in the younger generations. And Deanna Drew was really instrumental also in um, establishing that program. So for anyone who's not enrolled in Junior Nordic, there is also the option for ski PE through the Nordic Center and also something called Snowcats for the youngest kiddos. And then for uh, you know, grown-ups or adults who are interested in learning how to Nordic ski. There are lessons through the Nordic Center. We offer clinics in January. You can always um, hire someone for a guided tour or anything about learning to Nordic ski. I would say go to the Nordic Center. They're so experienced and kind and welcoming. And you have to choose between classic or skate, or do you just have to choose both? (laughs) You can definitely do both, you know, then maybe you need two sets of gear, two sets of skis, but... um, I would say if you're new, definitely try both. See what suits you. I, 
not to pick size, but I love skate skiing. <laughs> People Great. in town do, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm like from getting the... stuck in the track. <laughs> I know. Grace's <laughs> wife Jessica, who's my um, business partner as well, she loves to skate ski. It's you know a great thing to do with the dogs at Trout Lake, and it's wonderful exercise. Cool. And um, what else do you do in town that is when, when it's not winter or even yeah. when it is? So I have a yoga studio with my business partner, Jessica Fertig, and her husband, Grayson, is also a part of this with us. It's called Practice Telluride, and that's on Main Street. So I teach yoga, and I manage the studio. In the summers, I work with Wendy Jacobs Handen and Soiree Telluride on weddings. And um, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like these days. Cool. How does... Uh how did coaching life suit you? It was really fun. It was awesome to work with kids. You know, I always say kids keep you honest. I don't know, Grayson, if you <laughs> agree with that. And I've, I've worked with kids a lot. You know, I worked at the Telluride Academy when I first got here. And we were talking about this earlier. I was a summer camp counselor in Vermont. Um, this winter, I decided to put my efforts into the new position with the Telluride Nordic Association and support everyone else in their coaching roles. Cool. What was, what was that choice like for the organization to make an executive director happen? So I think we have this absolutely incredible board who was given so much time and energy. So the Telluride Nordic Association has been around since 1990 and it has operated with a volunteer board. And we have five board members um, who I just love to acknowledge. Bill DeAlva, Eric Traumer, Lois Major, Mark Campbell, um, Sarah Landview, and Hill Hastings. And they've really done this whole thing with the, the extra time that they had. And they were realizing that the association would benefit from um, someone in a, a leadership position who could handle the administrative duties and tasks and you know, also bring new, more energy and ideas. And so it's really privileged to be in this position. I feel, I feel very grateful and totally honored. And my goal is really to just bring awareness to how much is happening in this region with regards to Nordic skiing. And for, it can be a really individual sport. Like you can go out and you can just put your head down and do your thing. And I hope to kind of foster a sense of community while you're out there and make people feel welcome and included and and really tap into maybe some of our younger Nordic skiers all the way from junior Nordic program through folks who just moved to town who might be new. And another thing that's really amazing is we have other regional Nordic associations. Norwood has a Nordic association. So if you want a change of scenery, you can go out there and see what they've got going on. It's a totally different landscape. You can't Nordic ski in San Francisco, though. You can't. Maybe not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go that far. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for your thoughtful questions, Gavin. Oh, yo, thanks for joining. It's, uh, it's an honor to be in the presence of a new a Nordic ski executive. Um, and I would love to cut to some music, but I know Grayson will have to leave us at some point, so I just want to... Um, you know, asked you if you have any uh, any other thoughts or any other dreams for this season, or kind of what it what it's going to shape up to be over the next couple months. Um, something I want to just like speak to, and I think it speaks to the uniqueness of our community. And it's like coaching hockey, organizing hockey in Telluride. It's like this one room schoolhouse concept where you have a whole range that you know if you're coaching a hockey team on the front range or a lot of other places like you get like one very 
like one group of kids that are like like kind players and we have such a mixed group and that goes to the adult levels as well and we figure it out and we make it happen and these teams come together whether we're talking about a youth team or an adult team or a team that has curlers and nordic skiers and hockey players on it like it seems to be our strength as a community to like again going back to this visual of a one-room schoolhouse and you have all these different age kids uh all kind of learning together and being taught by each other and i think it's the same for the adults like we're all kind of learning together maybe it's like we're all in the balloon together or something like that it's different visual but um i think that's unique to our community and it's not about this is the level and you know you know keep it take it or leave it um and i think that comes with its challenges and because you know people working together or people working together or doing anything together but i think like through the winter five months six months whatever you want to call the winter it's amazing what happens to this group of people that gather in this case like we're just talking about that end of town at the hanley at the park um i think it's wild i think it's wild that we all get to come together like this and i think i guess hopes and dreams are that it continues to be such and it means continues to mean a lot to a lot of people is it really about growth like okay we wish we had a 3x number of people like that's not really my thought it's it's really about experience that the people have and i want it to be really like multi-dimensional impactful experience um and that people remember it when they you know look back or they it, they look forward to it every winter um and i know i mean i i've got to get more involved in curling that's my like <laughs> next out, that's my Jason. next step out there yeah. <laughs> but men's hockey on tuesday and thursday night is sort of a big draw so you can only be at the rink so often <laughs> out of uh, monday and every once in a while throw my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna wear skates now um i used to wear curling booties different sport though <laughs> are they grippy or are they slick one of each Oh, <laughs> some people you can have it all <laughs> exactly. So, yes, we should mention that actually. If anybody out there is interested in learning how to curl, if they go to the website for the Telluride Curling Club, um, we have a sign up for what we call the Learn to Curl evenings, and they happen throughout the whole season. And they're the opportunity to come out on the ice and try it out for your first time and um there'll be people there to teach you the rules and everything of what you need to know to learn to curl and then you can even be put on the sub list for the leagues or start your own team next year cool i'm gonna jump on the back of that we had four kids sign up this week for youth hockey and we're a month into the season and so there's still room there's always room um and at the adult level like there's always room for more all right, awesome. We are going to take a moment with Paul Simon. This is Slip Sliding Away. Um, and we'll be back nice. in a moment. You guys, good to see you. Slip Sliding Away. Slip sliding away You know the nearer your destination The more you slip sliding away 
We are back, and we are still talking winter sports uh, that you don't need a chairlift for. Um, over the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, curling culture, curling team culture, um, late nights uh, at the rink, and yeah, I would love to hear some of your favorite team names. Well, my favorite team name is my own team, obviously. Naturally. Naturally. And we are known as the Sweeping Beauties. So good. <laughs> and, Patty, describe your team attire. Our team attire is um, a pink satin jacket, similar to what I would um, say the pink ladies from Greece used to wear. And we have a sort of a logo on the back with a picture of a princess with a broom. Mm. And then we each have our own curling names. So my curling name is Jersey Curl. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have a Gutsy and a Fireball, Hot Toddy. We used to have a Who's Your Daddy. He hasn't been playing lately. (laughs) Um, And yeah. And was it an intentional choice to make it all women? Well, it was all women plus an, a, a guy named Dylan at first, but yes, that was part of the intention was to have a team of mostly women, and mostly because I just thought it was funny that it was the Sweeping Beauties, and now it's kind of funny because people walk up on 
the street and they'll be like, how did the beauties do last night? <laughs> when are the beauties playing next? Or who are the beauties playing? So it's, it's really become our name. <laughs> there, you know, a lot of creativity in the, there's a lot of um, opportunities for, yeah. for curling puns with team names. So we've got some, we've got some fun ones. Let's see. We've got, um, I swept with your mother. Oh, that's probably one of my, your wife. And last year was, I swept with your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Got the Telluride stoners, of course. Right. Um, broom shakalaka is actually, uh, my team this year. That's a new team name for us. My old favorite team name. They're no longer playing right now, but it used to be called damn curl. <laughs> that's a good one. And, you, you know, the ice surface in curling is called the sheet, and so you have the sheet stains. Can you, can you yeah. say that on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> Just barely. Um, I mean, it, it seems like a sport with a lot of lingo, really, to catch on to. Yeah, there's a lot of terminology. You know, you've got the hog line is kind of the foul line, and that's called the hog line, so you've got to get your stone across the hog line for it to be in play. What people usually refer to as the bullseye when they watch it on TV or see pictures of it is called the house. So you always want to be in the house. In the house, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What time do you have to leave the house if you want to participate in curling? So, good question, question, and I know this can turn some people off, but um, league play happens if you ever want to come and participate, Naomi, you should, but also just spectate would be Monday nights from 8.45 p.m. to 10.45 p.m. That's amazing. It it makes for a... It's commitment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it makes for a late night to start the week, but, you know, exactly, it's it's commitment, and... uh, you know, it's funny, we get we get a lot of comments on that, but the truth of the matter is we're very thankful to have the ice time. I mean, you know, to Grayson's point, there's a lot of activity over at the rink, and so, um, you know, we really, really feel really fortunate to have a, a dedicated, a regular slot over there. Yeah, we should give a shout-out to Parks and Rec for that. Parks and Rec does an awesome job. Absolutely, I second that. Um, we don't have anybody who's been in town really for decades, I guess. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering, it seems like a lot of these offerings are kind of on the newer side. Um, if anybody's out there listening and they have like old time Telluride winter pastimes that, uh, are not strictly chairlift related, uh, do call in and let us know. Um, and also think about change over time is kind of, um, just like the impact of changing winters and, Mm. You know, I said earlier that, um, like, skiing is an outdoor sport, uh, you know, and, you know, something like a rink can be more managed, although, like Grayson said, a lot of people get into it kind of just on the pond, which is a great way to start. Um, Yeah, so that's definitely something I'm conscious of, too, like, how, um, you know, maybe a a place like Telluride Nordic thinks about uh, maintaining the culture of the sport as... uh, the winter changes a little bit. Um, and I know you're from the East Coast too, where I think, you know, from my own experience that the, cha- the seasonal change has been even more acute there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a reality that we all contend with and we have an awareness of it, but we maintain the gratitude for the winter that we have and we hope that the snow will continue as long as possible. You know, 
I haven't been here for decades. I've been here for 12 years, but I've definitely seen the winter start a little bit later and then just be more variable than anything else. So I think yeah. it's um, adapting to the moment. And, you know, what we saw in COVID was this huge explosion in Nordic skiers because um, we were just doing things differently. And I think that's kind of the mentality is we don't know what the future is going to look like and we'll adapt as best possible. You know, it might mean that winter goes longer. It starts later. We don't, we don't know, you know, and um, we just want to be outside for as long as possible. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that is certainly the spirit uh, of Telluride in general. Gavin, I almost wonder, you talked about how some of these sports seem newer here in Telluride, or at least newer in the sense over the last decade or so, decade plus. Um, and at least for the curling club, and I think with the Nordic Association and what Nayani's trying to build and, and the youth hockey program here is as the mountain becomes busier and busier and um, sometimes harder to see the people that you know on the mountain because there are so many other people on the mountain, these sports really keep the idea of community alive here yeah. in Telluride. I mean, they're very community-based, and you really meet other people here who live in town full-time. And yeah. I think that's an important part of why people love the sports that they're, we're all involved in. Yeah. I love that. I love that you're saying that, and I know that Grayson would definitely echo that sentiment. Yeah. And while I haven't been in Telluride for decades, the Nordic Association has been around for decades, and people have been Nordic skiing here since the 70s. So there's a lot of history and longevity relative to that. Um, but I appreciate that point so much, and it is fundamental to what I hope to do is like fostering that sense of community. So in that spirit, I want to just mention that... Um, the Nordic Association partners with Sheep Mountain Alliance to offer Latinx ski days um, a few Sundays throughout the winter. So definitely January 29th and February 26th. And what we do there is offer rentals free of charge out of the Nordic Center as well as lessons so that anyone in the community who maybe doesn't have access to gear um, or the you know opportunity to be out on skis consistently can come have an experience of Nordic skiing. Yeah, we should also mention we have some really generous supporters in Oak and Brown Dog, as well as Sea Case. And so um, to never feel afraid to reach out to the curling community if you want to just try it and don't have it in your wallet at the time, we would still welcome you with open arms and the nice thing is all the equipment is provided. So you don't even have to bring anything except for yourself once you get there. Yeah, I had actually, um, one of the questions I had for the evening was kind of how your sports are dealing with like issues of equity or getting more people involved. Um, as many people are, you know, newcomers to these sports we've been talking about. Um, but it's interesting that kind of uh, came up naturally, was preempted um, of my question, which maybe goes along with some of what Patty's saying about uh, just kind of a community basis here. Yeah, we also usually have a few um, days where we have we bring the schools down to the rink and we teach the kids how to curl. And as of now, it's usually been some teachers who are pretty involved with the curling club who want to bring their students there. And we do offer that as well. Cool. Um, and I'm guessing everybody has a website that you people can find out more information on. 
We certainly do. TellyRideCurling.com, or you can always shoot us an email at TellyRideCurling at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram as well. That's right. (laughs) Yes, we're TellyRideNordic.com, and we are Telluride Nordic Association on Instagram, and we have our annual membership drive um, coming into your physical mailbox if you're on that mailing list or into your email inbox shortly you'll see that later this week or early next week and we just so appreciate everyone's support uh, year over year all right listeners i think uh the hour is starting to close down but we're gonna squeeze in one more song and uh come back for a final question um so stay tuned And uh, I hope you're staying warm out there. Welcome back. We were mulling over final questions, um, final quandaries for the winter community. I guess one one final question I could have is, do you guys downhill ski? As many days as possible. (laughs) (laughs) 
My goal in the winter is to slide on something every day. So I either go downhill Nordic or I curl. There you go. That's so awesome. Yes, I totally ski. I love it. Um, Yep. It's why I came to Telluride and it's definitely why I've stayed. And I think we're all just so lucky to be here doing whatever we do indoors or outdoors. And at the end of the day, I just, um, I love Telluride. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about the the bitter cold that we're experiencing yeah. <laughs> at this particular moment. Um, and I have been a little bit surprised, actually, as an East Coaster. I've been here in March before. It's my first winter. Um, that, you know, people are still out there for the most part. Um, when there's a little bit of sun, the streets are... Uh, you know, I saw some kids on a trampoline today. And I was like, wow. Um my instinct was to hide, but, you know, I feel that town is really uh, into getting out there no matter what. Um, so thank you all so much for joining me. Uh, I think we've provided listeners with ample opportunity to get involved with everything you're doing. Um, any final thoughts, any uh, favorite memories or reflections about your sport um, or anything else you want to close out on? Everybody should come and try and curl. <laughs> yeah, I just encourage, um, encourage you to come out and give curling a try if you've been cur- curious about it. You know, we've got a lot of ways to help uh, teach you the basics and uh, come on out. And, yes, we uh, welcome come, the curling curious. Come curl with us. <laughs> I feel targeted uh, by that invitation. No, I would say the same thing. Um, I just hope to see everyone out this winter. And I would just like to say thank you, Kodo, and thank you, Gavin, and congratulations to Kodo on such a hugely successful ski swap also totally which was ski and other media of medium of transport yeah for sure um thanks for all that you do for creating community accessibility here in telluride as well absolutely ditto (laughs) all right well you can't end on a better note than that so (laughs) um gavin thanks off the record and stay tuned coming up next we have pow surf radio um, and that will take us into uh, this cold uh, winter's night. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the record.